this thing. No title again. Is it rolling, Bob? probably asking yourself, oh, what did the Scarborough dude do? Did he uh, repair the phone that was uh, damaged? I mean, the bell? Or did he uh, replace it with the spare? And the answer to that, I won't keep you waiting much longer, is I tried to repair it. I uh, saw how it worked, where the dinger thing goes, and I could not fit it in without first getting a pair of pliers to sort of bend that wire. Oh, man, it was strong and really, really hard to bend it open so that I could put, poke the, uh, the, the, the wire into the holder, and uh, then I couldn't unbend it, and it just wouldn't ring. It just didn't fit. It was loose. It was just, you know, hey, I tried, okay? And uh, so they, the spare has gone back into the box, and I replaced it. At least I did something. I completed the job. I replaced it with the uh, the spare, which is what you just heard, and you'll hear again. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Hang on. There you go. So uh, thank you again, Shane Burley. I don't know that... Uh, Shane is probably far behind in listening, and uh, probably will do like some of you. We'll have to do skip a few to uh, to jump back into the game. But that's okay. That's okay. I'm doing this for me. I keep saying that. I know it sounds very defensive. Like, oh my God, dude's feelings are hurt. Nobody listens and people don't care anymore. They care about the pictures. Like John Meadows took this photo when we had coffee last Friday in the um, in Tim's. And it was really good. He used the filter, you know, sort of old time. And it's, so it's black and white. And I got my shades on and my black hat. And uh, it looks pretty damn cool. And people really liked it. And that made me feel, yeah, yeah, people still care. You don't have to be listening to care about Scarborough, dude. I'm I'm part of this community, right? And people remember me and uh, and will remember me when I'm gone. Those who are still left. I don't know, he just creeping up there. I understand Anthony Marco's already 55. So, uh, you know, the whole group is moving forward in time, if there's such a thing, and uh, aging. So, here's me sitting on the bench, age of 75, feeling very fucking good. And now I shouldn't have said fucking, being very, very good. How's that instead? Um, I just, I've just had a walk. I'm in the Burkdale Ravine Walk, which I haven't done for quite a while. I knew today was the day, and it, it's just, oh, I guess what I'm going to tell you about is how wonderful I feel right now. And you know, like that's not news. It's not something that's going to challenge you or make you think. But I, well, in a way, I hope it does because the reminder is time passes by. And, you know, our bodies age and things happen and, and you know, things aren't as easy. But you got to stay up on top of it all. You got to stay positive. And I'm feeling just so grateful now. And and the simple thing is, well, why, dude? Well, all right, I'll tell you one of the things. One of the things is, 
I've just gone out with my walker. I saw the sun was shining. Oh, I got to get out this morning. Get out the uh, the uh, walker into Nalco's car because she's staying at home. This is her catch-up day for uh, having a day off yesterday, playing with friends. I'll get back to that. Um, putting Loading up my old uh, iPhone 5. It's got all my tunes on it, or most of them. Hit shuffle, and bam, you're going from Dylan to Ween to, you know... Bob Willis or somebody, and uh, gee, there was even a Santa Claus song that popped up, which was great. And every song you're hearing, like Bird on a Wire, you're listening like you've never heard it before. It's just that you're alone, you're walking, but you got these earbuds in in stereo, and you're really, really listening to your music. And that's the gift. That's the thing I want to share and tell you folks, man, if you're not doing that. I know, like sometimes I'll bring along my podcast and I'll listen to a podcast, and that's great too. That's time well spent. That's enjoyable. And I do that just as often. But today was, I decided it was music day. I didn't have to get high. Well, I never have to get high. But I, I, I could have except that with my left eye not done yet. And, and there's a bit of a glare when I'm driving. You know, I, I don't want, and it's an uncle's car. I don't want to take the chance of uh, having to drive home a little bit buzzed. Um, so of course I didn't, and, and the thing is, I'm sitting here now thinking, no, and you don't need to, because you are hearing, you're not going to hear that music any clearer than you've just heard it. Uh, and like listening to the lyrics on Bird on a Wire, you know, like a drunk in a midnight choir. Wow. Leonard Cohen song covered by somebody else. Um, and, and you're thinking about it and you're, you're, you're feeling the lyrics and you're hearing the drums and the guitar and whatever else they got going and you're just, holy fuck, this is great. It, it's just that level of pleasure and joy and satisfaction and happiness and wonder and awe. You feel it. And that makes you glad to be alive and glad to be wherever you are right now, which is me sitting in the park. Hands are chilled, but I had the gloves buried away in the little basket here, and I'll put them back on after I've recorded and continue my walk on this sunny, fine day in Birkdale Ravine. It's a Sunday, November 12th. Yesterday, I watched the Remembrance Day ceremony and felt for those who died and made it a better world for us. My father included in whatever role he played. And what else? Well... The fact that my wife had such a wonderful day, my wife, sorry, Naoko, and her two friends, I won't give their names because, man, these people are private and prefer their privacy and like their privacy, but we arranged, I dropped her off at the uh, at a mall and her friend drove in from uh, Oshawa, picked her up, and they went mushroom hunting. They went to St. Saint- Jacob's and they just had a lunch together and a fine time all speaking Japanese and then they went mushroom hunting and she came back with a bag full, and now they're just sorting out, okay, are any of these dangerous to eat? You know, let's check on these ones. Um, And, you know, it it just, the fact that she had a wonderful day, and I could tell uh, she just came back refreshed, and, and it just made me so happy and so grateful and so glad. And not only that, of course, she came back with food, as she always does, treats from some 
I don't know, Chinese restaurant of here. Here's some of this and some of these. And, and just a mix of food that we have in our the kind of thing we have in our house all the time, like chicken karage and uh, cold soba and, and, and all kinds of stuff. Plus, deep-fried apple fritters from a special place in St. Jacob's Market. And man, oh man, were they ever good. Oh, just, I mean, she bought a dozen. They're gone now. But wow. What a treat. So that just made me happy. Just lifted my spirit so high. Because usually when she comes back from work, she's tired. And she's, you know, she'll tell me maybe some of the things that happened during the day. And often it's just, you know, man, old people getting sick and needing help. Uh, and then looks over at her husband, who's doing the best he can. I'm staying positive, And she knows that. And, and she recognizes that. And... And uh, I just do what I can. But on top of that, so this morning my son is heading off to work. He's working seven days a week. Leaves, you know, home by 11 and uh, or so, 11, 11.30, and isn't, doesn't get home to 11.30 at night. Uh, putting in like a full day's work. Uh, and, and I'll just leave it at that. But this morning she's, you know, I said, I'm, can I borrow your car? I'm going to go to the park. She said, well, can you just wait till uh, Daniel, just in case he needs a ride? And Daniel, you know, it's Dan, do you need a ride? No, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Goes to the corner, and of course the bus had come 10 minutes early, and uh, he saw it just fly by, so he missed it, so I gave him the ride. And it was such a nice time. We tuned into a jazz station. I told him about Chet Baker. We listened to a woman we described What's the picture? When we hear this music, what do you picture? And we talked about the nightclub, the darkness, the dress, the cigarette smoke. And it was just sharing, sharing some time and, and me wishing him well as I dropped him off at the bus stop at town center to have another good day and I'll see him again. I stay up every night so that at least I can greet him when he comes through the door late and show him where the food is. Mom's left or I've left or there's food for you because we know you're hungry. When you get in and he heats that up. and uh, So just that little time, the fact that my wife said, can you just, just wait just a bit? And I waited and, and, you know, he needed the ride after all. And just sharing that little time together in the car with my son. Even a few minutes, you know, but sharing and caring. So the, I just have so much to be grateful for. And, and even now, as I think when I go home... I'm going home to that wonderful home we have, that house, you know, the place where I've got got my places all over. There's a little bit of guilt when I think about, oh, my God, what about the the books? Not just your special library, but the books that line the hallway, those old paperbacks of Somerset Mom and Isaac Asimov and all those. Surely you could take those into a, a used bookstore and, uh, you know, just sort of make a show of, limiting things, but I'm, I'm just going to park that for now, and yeah, it's, it's a job that'll come, I'll, yeah, I'll find a box and pack up a few books, and uh, somehow arrange to get them to the Great Escape bookshop, but anyway, that's all, I just wanted to give you a catch up on this uh, Dixon Chains podcast 971 here uh, in Scarborough, where I, uh, where I love to be. There's a lovely scene, a very, a couple going by of, uh, I couldn't even tell you what, racial background, but, you know, not white. Interesting looking and pushing a carriage with a baby in it, I assume, and the woman holding on a dog, a very, very 
well-behaved dog. I, I couldn't even tell you. Gray, dark, dark gray fur. It's just a nice scene. Walking by, enjoying this pathway. Oh, and there's another person in a hood holding his dog back who is just so curious and really wants to go and meet that other dog. And just the things you see, everybody greets, everybody smiles, acknowledges. I got my dark shades on. They can't even see who's this dude, but I always give a head nod or I, I mouth a hello. But meanwhile, I got my music on and I'm, I'm just grooving to the music I'm hearing. So I'm going to get back to that right now and uh, sign off at... I just want to share some positive time, some blessings, some... And, and and honestly, when I say this, I'm thinking, I'm hoping for you, whoever listening, I'm hoping you can find the happiness I fucking find. And I make a point of finding it, and I'm good at finding it, and it's it's important, and, and you got to do that to yourself. you got to treat yourself right. you got to give yourself little pats on the head like you do your dog or your cat. you got to just... Be nice to yourself and, and, and do something that makes you happy. Maybe it's maybe it's Doug pouring over his stamp collection. That sure counts, you know. I, I don't know about the rest of you. I don't I don't I don't get a always get a finger. Maybe it's Jason doing a drive through. I don't know. I don't know. There used to be a podcast about that. <laughs> and it's just sharing, maybe it's just being part of a community, a, a subculture within the podcasting community. I know some of you are out there listening and uh and anybody else who's a stranger in any other part of Canada, you know, just send me a text sometime. Just, you know, find Scarborough dude and Send me a text, a message. It doesn't have to be anything much. Just, hey, dude, out here listening. I'd, I'd like that. It'd make me. It'd make me even happier. Scarborough dude, signing off from uh, Burkdale Ravine on this fine, fine Sunday in the fall. Bye bye. Oh, hang on. Sixteen forty nine to St George's Hill, a ragged band they called the diggers came to show the people's will. They defied the landlords, they defied the laws. They were the dispossessed, reclaiming what was theirs. We come in peace, they said, to dig and sow. We come to work the lands in common and to make the waste grounds grow. This earth divided, we will make whole. So it will be a common treasury for all. The sin of property, we do disdain. No man has any right to buy and sell the earth for private gain By theft and murder, they took the land Now everywhere the walls spring up at their command They make the laws to chain us well The clergy dazzle us with heaven or they damn us into hell We will not worship the God they serve, the God of greed who feeds the rich while poor men starve. We work, we eat together, we need no swords. We will not bow to the masters or pay rent to the lords. We are free men, though we are poor. You dig us all, stand up for glory, stand up now.
men of property, the orders came. They sent the hired men and troopers to wipe out the diggers' claim, tear down their cottages, destroy their corn. They were dispersed, but still the vision lingers on. You poor take courage, you rich take care. This earth was made a common treasury for everyone to share. All things in common, all people one. We come in peace, the orders came to cut them down. Sounds good. Okay, uh, I got a whole bunch of notes, but I'm going to uh, go off script, as if I ever had a script, um, and just sort of speak what's uh, what's going on right now. I'm in um, Thompson Park. It's, I don't know, about three in the afternoon. Yeah, almost three. Um, I started my walk, and then a um, friendly fellow came up behind me, and that was the walker who I've talked about many, many times on this show. And we had a nice little exchange. Uh, you know, both agreed it was a lo- beautiful day. He went on to talk about maybe tomorrow's weather and maybe something about winter's coming. I don't know, but uh, I understood him, and it was just a friendly exchange, like we're people who know each other on this trail. And there are others that I see who are regulars. And it's always a greeting, and, and that's just so nice. But, uh, uh it's it's a it's it's a wonderful place, uh, and today's another bright sunny day. The, the ground covered in these huge maple leaves and oak leaves. It's just really really lovely to be out here. There he goes again. He's getting his stride up. I wave, we wave. Yeah. Okay. Tomorrow, we'll see you tomorrow. I'll be back. Yeah, you too. Well, speak of the devil. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, the thing is, it doesn't matter when I come here, he's here. And uh, it's just, it's just wonderful. I don't know. I'm I'm very happy today, very happy. And I have good reason to be. Um, yesterday I had my, um, my left eye done. And, of course, you, you come home and it's blurry. And, oh, my God, you know, is this going to get better? Now I can't see. And you, you've heard me go on about this because it's a, yeah, well, to me it's a big deal. It's a pretty common procedure. And the surgery itself is nothing. And, again, I'm just so impressed. I was first one in. I had to be at the hospital at 6.30. I was home by 9.30 um, having the new lens put in. And uh, they just treat you so well, uh, and it's so well organized. This is at Birchmount Hospital, and um, I, I promised him. He said, "Please write in because we get nothing but complaints." But find out where to send your comment and let them know, and I will do that. Um, so anyway, I went in. I had my, my so yesterday it was blurry, and then today my son needed a ride. And yeah, sure, no problem. And I could see well through both eyes, and it was great. Um, you know, hey, without glasses, uh, I've put on my $6 sunglasses. They work perfectly. I love it. And it's a very cool pair of glasses, $6 at a recycle shop. Wow. So I topped that off today because after my, I saw him, and he said, oh, you're doing great. This is, you know, very pleased, and shook his hand. He's a very, very nice man. This is Dr. Rafi.
I recommend him in particular if anybody had to have this surgery done. Um, in spite of all that I talked about privatization and everything else, just put that aside for now. Um, he's the surgeon who does the work, and he was he was just great and very very nice manner. Uh, and it was a pleasure, and I, and I could genuinely thank him. I mean, it was wonderful to sit there and say, "Wow, I can see everything's just going fine." Um, now he and other people told me, "Well, just go into a dollar store and you can get these reading glasses that just sort of magnify." Basically, I went into a, um, I guess, a dollar store around Warden and Lawrence, and tried on a pair. The first time I thought, "Well, I'll just start with 1.5 magnification." Well, perfect. Wow, I can see my notes. I can see using my iPhone. I can read these uh, birthday cards that are right here. This is, I can see, this is, this is amazing. I couldn't do that before. And, um, so that was it. I knew what I needed and then just turned around and went through and found a blue pair, the only blue pair in the store. And, uh, I put them on, walked up to the cashier. It was a lovely little young, young, I mean, I'm sure she was still a teenager. And uh, I said, how do they look? Oh, very nice. Very nice. <laughs> what else is she going to say? But she was delightful. She and she was pleased to help this old man. And she, and I put them on to shore, but the tags are hanging down. She said, "Would you like me to cut the tags off?" Yeah, 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 yeah. Cut the tags off. So she very carefully did that. And and I walked out happy, a seventy-five-year-old with a pair of dollar twenty-five, a dollar twenty-five reading glasses in blue. And uh, I just love them. They work. Uh, I'm, re- I'm wearing them now. <laughs> I've posted a picture of nice responses. Uh, so I know I'm a simple man. But sometimes in life you got to look for the simple joys and celebrate them. You know, the gravy tastes good. You know, woo, woo, that's nice. Any little thing that you can celebrate, you need to because there's so much pain and sadness and tragedy and horror all around us on this planet. So if in your little world you can find some little joy, uh, be with that joy. Feel it. Share it, you know. Share your happiness. That's what I'm trying to do here, although my notes would tell you otherwise, because in the real world we can keep coming back to. Um, So maybe I will get on with my notes. Okay, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go through them. That's negative, that's negative. This is okay, this is neutral. All right, we'll start with King Charles. He is now going to appear on all Canadian coins. And it's a very nice visage of him. And it just made me think when I was a kid and I used to go to the uh, buy something at the the local drugstore. And we lived on 48th, it was on 45th Avenue. They had a little a drugstore where you can get everything. That's where we bought our ingredients for gunpowder. Um, you know, and then they had a magazine rack, and you know that's where you hung out sometimes at the drugstore. There was also a Woolworths, a lunch counter. Um, but anyway, the drugstore, and I would always check the change, and I can remember—I mean, very rarely, but once or twice—a Queen Victoria quarter or something or other from Queen Victoria, and uh, then of course Eber the Eighth. Uh, George the Sixth, George the Fifth. They were my favorite because he looked wow. That's a king. That is a king. And you got those on your nickels. And the problem is, I, I collected the coins, but I, we, you know, it wasn't that we were poor. We were middle class. But you know, my father was pretty. Uh, I guess you could say tight with the money. You know, 
Uh, you you just you, I think I got an allowance. Can't remember when, but but we all had jobs by the time we were sixteen. You needed that money. Um, but I was always running out. I would always you know, have the have the coins, and then I'd say, "Oh, I needed to buy something. Maybe it was a Lowney's chocolate bar or something." Well, I'll just spend this coin or this one, and I would be popping them out of these neat little blue books where you could keep. You know, you're trying to get the whole set, and so I never did. I always cashed in the money that I saved. You know, what a sad story. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I'm happy. I look forward to getting my new King Charles coins. I, I really do. And maybe I'll buy a, a set, you know, when the uh, the Mint puts out these collectors. I think I'll do that. It should be coming soon. All right, so there was a, a mixed emotion story. Um, yeah, they okay. All right, here's another happy story. So we've done that one, okay. Um, the delight I take in not friending... Facebook's people you may know. There's always, when you're scrolling down through Facebook, there's always, suddenly there's a line of all these people, and it's people you may know. And it makes me feel happy to say, no, 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 I don't want to know you. No, no, I don't want to know you. No, no, I don't even like your looks. No, no. And often it's the same people. But it gives me a simple pleasure in not deciding, no, you're not in my life. I don't need you. I don't want you. All right. That's a little silly, I guess. All right, I guess move on to the real stuff. I'm I'm sorry. I mean, it feels like I should know. Ring the bell, change of subject. Okay, now we're moving into the darker stuff. You can fast forward if you want, but I, I won't go too dark. One in ten Torontonians now rely on a food bank. This is awful. Like, food banks are, are running out. I remember just two weeks ago we put out a, a box full of food, and I was glad to do that. But, of course, now they want, you know, send in your checks, send in your money, do whatever you can. And it just seems somehow, somewhere, something's wrong that that many people in Canada, as wealthy a country as you are, and some people with extreme wealth, would have one in ten needing to rely on food banks to feed their families. Uh, That's just, there's something wrong. Okay? All right. Keeping with the dark. Uh, I asked the question today to myself, but I decided I should share it with you. Will there be movies in the future when they show clips from today's news about climate change warnings? I'll repeat that or I'll explain that. It's at like I watch TV and I see these warnings coming in. Oh my God, this in Iceland, these things here and all around the world. The, the, the fires, the, the floods, the, the weather patterns that are completely out of whack. And it's like you get the feeling it's getting worse. It's not getting better. And nobody's doing anything about it. Nobody can agree. And there's pollution and all this stuff. Oh, my God. And so the question was, will we survive long enough into the future where we will actually solve some of these problems and people will still be able to make movies? And one of the movies will be showing, you know, these clips from the news from 2023 when the newscasters were warning about climate change and the disasters that are going to befall us. All right? You get that? All right. All right, here's here's something kind of a good news story. On PBS, I saw, and I thought, oh, that looks interesting, a uh, documentary called A Town Called Victoria. A Town Called Victoria. That is in Texas, South Texas. 
And I am going to recommend that to everybody. Apparently, it's on Amazon Prime. If you get that, I would highly recommend. I think it's about an hour and a half long. It is the most interesting story about this small town that happened to have some Muslims come in who were educated and held good jobs, and one of them even ran for mayor of the town. But a lot of good old white folks back there, too. And then the colored people from way back then also had a history. And then, of course, there were the Mexicans, the Latinos, made up the mix of this town. And outwardly, they had their churches. There was a Baptist church and uh, another Christian church. And there were enough Muslims to actually have a mosque. Well, you may remember when Donald Trump had power, he put out a ban on any Muslim countries being able to send anybody into America. They listed the countries, any Muslims from these countries, which basically anybody, uh, cannot come to America. And that very night, in this town called Victoria, the mosque was burned to the ground. And it goes on to that story. And you meet the characters, and it's really, really well done really interesting. It was wonderful for me because you know how sometimes I overreact to things about, you know, which would appear to be, label me an Islamophobe. Um, they were the, the Muslims were by far the nicest people in that town. Um, and, and the people I'd vote for. Um, so really, really uh, go do it. Um, now, I mean, there were still things that bothered me, you know, the the segregation of the men and the women for prayers. You know, the guy, come on now, why? Uh, why? What kind of God demands prayers five times a day, you know? And the line that came out of the movie, which, of course, well, no, what, what, what we do is we submit to the will of God. And, of course, that begs the question, well, how do you know? the will of God, because boy, you can use that to justify absolutely anything, which is what's happening in the rest of the world right now. So, you know, my problems, but this is about my take on that particular religion and not about what this story was about. Highly recommended. Uh, One of the lines I quoted here from it was, the closer you get to white, the more people you have to hate. Now, what a line. The closer you get to white, the more people you have to hate. And that just fit this town perfectly. So, you know, boy, go for it. Uh, and it may be one of a series. This was it was this was called Season 1, Episode 1, uh, Fire. So there, the, I had expect there might be some follow-up. I don't know. But uh, very, very good. Um, news report yesterday, or yesterday and today, Uh, hospitals, the funding for private clinics, they get double the money, the funding that hospitals get for the same procedure. And uh, I had an argument with my son on the way in this morning because he said, Dad, you just blame everything on the conservatives. And I'm saying, yes, Dad, this is exactly what the conservatives do. They want the privatization. They want their friends to make lots of money. And so these private clinics, for which will be, he'd say, well, we're doing this to help you to to get rid of the the, um, backlog of cases for hip replacements and knee replacements and everybody's. And they they purposefully allowed there to be a backlog because hospitals were saying, hey, we can do surgeries on weekends and other times. And instead, they let there be this huge backlog. And now 
oh, well, we're going to have these clinics, and you can jump right to the front of the queue here and have your hips done in no time. And uh, But in real life, the taxpayers of Ontario are funding these private clinics. And the doctors are going out, out saying, hey, hey, that ain't right. Give the money to us. We'll, we can do the surgery. So it's a weird thing about this eye clinic that I go to. It's a private clinic, and, you know, and it's quite a very big office with a number of rooms of the, the best of equipment where they do the testing and the assessment and the measurements, but the actual surgery is done in a hospital, and you end up paying both the private fees and the uh, hospital fees. So it's, it's weird, but uh, anyway, again, I, I have to double back and say, but... Whoa, I was so pleased with the surgery I have had done and the end results and the efficiency and, uh, you know, the goodness and the the experience and the skill of, uh, of the people involved. All right, now back to the dark side. Oh, and something else that bothers me, bothers me very much, sports betting on TV. Uh, They're advertising. There's one ad in particular. It might be, I don't know if it's a Niagara Falls casino or what. It's a very hot young woman, any teenager, and yet, you know, that goes up to 75-year-old men or older, would find, wow, oh, she's hot. And she just walks across the screen smiling like, almost like, welcome, boys. Come on and spend some time with me. And basically it's saying, what a great time you can have making friends at the casino when you get cool and start betting and playing with the big boys. It just it, it just makes me shudder. And this, this is provincially encouraged funding for supporting these casinos and online betting and everything else because the government takes its cut. And I find that disgusting and that's something else. I just lay right at the hands of the... Uh, the for the conservative government here. I think this should not be advertised on TV. You do want want to encourage because it's it's like the lottery system. It only encourages those people who don't have money to uh, to risk and, and spend the little they do have in the hope that they're going to make it big. I, I, I just it's wrong. It's immoral. Okay. Sports betting on and, and all the sports betting that goes with it. And of course, somebody is really cleaning up on this because it's. Uh, that not all that money goes back to the government. Okay, finally, Ukraine war is sort of all but forgotten with the Israeli conflict in Gaza and the horror of all that, which we all know about and you'll see every day on TV. Um, another sort of a, a side documentary showing how it seems that Russia is purposefully bombing museums and churches, sites that are not just sacred and holy, but important for preserving the culture of Ukraine. And some have been seemingly, intentionally destroyed. So all kinds of museum goods and things that tell the history of the Ukrainian people and the churches in particular, but these beautiful artifacts and paintings and and rare things, historic sites bombed to smithereens. And this is an intentional thing to say, you know, you aren't Ukrainian. Your history is you're Russian, and uh, never mind your your history. We'll wipe it out, and uh, in generations they'll forget there ever was a Ukraine. It's very, very, very upsetting. Uh, any anything in war is, and then back to how could I not get back to Gaza and Israelis insisting they've 
found the tunnels where the uh, Hamas is is working from. But meanwhile, well, you know, all the horrors that go with an invading people. And and, and all I can think of, (coughs) this is a war with such deep hatred of biblical, or if I can use the word, Quranic proportions. It's it's that level of hatred. And, and I just can't even imagine a way of eliminating that and stopping that hatred or putting the brakes on it or getting people because your average, I'm sure, person living there with a, a family and just going about making a living in your average Israeli doesn't want to have this hatred, doesn't want to be living with the hatred inside them, just wants to get on with their life. And that's not possible now that the the, the, the world is aflame with this brutality and they, they keep repeating the horrors that were inflicted on them. And you can be sure it's not just like World War One propaganda where, I mean, they're focusing on the worst that happened, but that worst really did happen in the initial uh, invasion by Hamas in, in uh, October, at the start of all of this. And as long as the Israelis don't let go of that, uh, they will just be, you know, this is just a reason to come back with a, a, a deep vengeance. And, and how, do you, how do you ever bring reason into something that is just based on hatred and and it's it's just sad it's just sad and it's all the more reason why we in this part of the world where we have hope and education and tolerance and our children can go to school together and not just to private religious fucking schools but to a public school system where they can learn that hey that person's just a person and not because of define them all because of their religion or whatever that is just so important. And again, I circle back. That's why I think it's really important to uh, watch this, a town called Victoria. All right. <sighs> I've had my fill. I've shared with you. I'm still wearing my nice new blue glasses because I can just see so perfectly. And watch, watch. Okay, I take them off. Oh, I can still see. Hmm. <laughs> They're not so magical after all. Well, hang on, hold it closer. All right, if I hold it close, it's a little blurry. No, I guess the eye is just getting better. And the fact that he put in one lens on the left eye, different from the one on the right eye, so it's not perfect, perfect 2020 in both eyes, is what's going to help me, you know, minimize the times when I have to use glasses. So anyway, uh, I'm happy with my blue glasses, whether I uh, I need them or not. Buck twenty five couldn't go wrong, but now I'm gonna put back on my five ninety nine really cool shades. Oh yeah, because I'm in the bright sunshine here. So this is Scarborough dude, yours truly, uh, signing off from Thompson Park, and overall doing my best to stay positive. And uh, I hope you're finding a way to. And it doesn't mean ignoring. Or blo- yeah, I suppose you try and block out some of the horror, but there's a part of me that says you you. We're obliged to at least have that somewhere in our consciousness to know. And if there's any little things we can do to make things better, uh, and that, you know, that, that could be in any any way of just spreading a little joy or happiness or goodness or kindness, at least do that. 
make somebody else smile. All right. Bye for now, and uh, we'll be finished soon. So hang in there. Oh, big news, big news. Saturday, going to be at the uh, at the um, Only Cafe with Barnacle Bill. Barnacle Bill will be there, and, uh, and Etobicoke Joe. Barnacle Bill, Etobicoke Joe, the lovely Lisa, John, they're all going to be there. Yeah. So uh, giving you advance, uh, you know, headlines for the next podcast. Yeah. Scarborough Dude, signing off from Thompson Park. Bye for now. Simple Bell this time, because uh, you're probably hearing this after a song, a very nice, peaceful song by uh, uh, 
it's a beautiful day. Now, I, I always confused. Is it is the group Marrying Maiden or is it It's a Beautiful Day? Which one is the album and which one is the group? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but I remember when we first heard that. So we're talking maybe 1971 or something. Um, just thrilled. This was, again, thanks to our DJ friend, Glenn, who's no longer with us who turned us on to all this music, and we just, wow, we love that. So, anyway, here I am. It's uh, another day, and this will be the end of the podcast, uh, 971, because um, there's not much time left. And you will have noticed, I've included a couple of songs, just to brighten things up a little bit, and who knows, I may even end with one, I don't know yet. Um, It is uh, Thursday, November... 16th, and I'm sitting in um, Cedarbrook Park. Um, I had one bench in mind, and that's the exact bench I walked towards, and uh, here I am. Because I know it's one of the few benches that actually faces the sun directly at this time of the afternoon, about uh, almost three. So it's wonderful to feel it beating down on me. I'm almost too warm. Uh, I've got t-shirt shirt and then my coat is just open uh anyway that's so much for the weather report um on other news in other news uh, my wife came down with covid and not very good news at all uh, because uh, barnacle bill was supposed to uh come to my house tomorrow I was going to pick him up at noon at the eglinton gold station and since he's staying with a cousin who is uh immune compromised I guess uh, he doesn't want to take any chances at all even if I don't have it it's it's you know it's in the house uh, so far Nelko's only got um, you know a, a sore throat a tricky throat that's all nothing else but she did the test and because she knew somebody at work had it and uh, so today my job was to go out and get more COVID tests because Nelka used the last one last night. So I don't know if I do or not. But um, I phoned around. I found there was two clinics nearby in Scarborough and uh, went to the first one. There was a huge lineup and I thought, oh, no. So I just asked the security guy at the door, I, I need just COVID tests. And he went straight. There was a nurse sitting right there and um, he handed me a box and I said, well, I need one for my wife and my son. So he handed me three boxes total. And uh, I took them and I thought, well, that's not going to be enough. Three tests. So I better go to the other clinic. And I went to the other clinic, which was for a sexual disease clinic, but <laughs> close by and easy to find. Um, and asked. And uh, she gave me, I guess she gave me one. I said, well, I need one for my son and my wife. Oh, okay. And she got two more. No, she gave me two. And I said, oh, I might need another one. And she said, well, there's ten in each of these boxes. And I realized, oh, my God. So I came home with 50 tests. But uh, they'll get used here and there. And uh, now we'll maybe take a few into work. So uh, I will test myself tomorrow morning. But probably now uh, Barnacle Bill, a.k.a. Bruce, is not going to take the chance. So this fabulous weekend we had planned, which I was just raving about at the end of the last clip, uh, about meeting at the only, is off. My other friends are okay. Um, 
but I'll I'll do a test tomorrow morning and find out where we're on where we're at, and just hope I don't have it. Um, speaking on health matters, I'm just amazed. I'm still doing the eye drops. I'm getting a little better about you know finding okay, get this thing pointed at your eye, pull down on your eyelid, you know, so there's a place to catch it. And uh, I'm, I guess my my rate of getting the eye drop in the eye is is going up slightly. So this is good. This is after uh, three weeks of practice. Um, but what amazes me, I have five different types of drops, and each one of these in their special little containers with very unique chemical compounds. And I'm like, oh my God! Once again, the science that's gone into this. I can't even tell you which one is each for. I know there's the Moxie and the Maxi and the Acuvale and another bit of something or other for the swelling. And each one has a purpose. And it is quite amazing when you think of the the science, the chemistry, but more than that, the organization involved. Like how do doctors and scientists and chemists and pharmaceutical companies come up with, okay, what do we need for this particular condition? What's going to help in this particular case? It just it just blows me away. And then again, the fact that I, I didn't even pay for any of these. It just, oh, yeah, yeah, we got those in stock. Here you are. And again, I just cannot help go back to the Middle East and, and countries less fortunate and, and any place where, you know, a country like Nigeria can't even get pain medicine or something because of corruption and, and all these other reasons. And, of course, you don't have any factories there producing this stuff. So, blessed, I guess that's it. I got another reminder today uh, listening to um, obituaries which is an interesting one. Today's episode was a repeat, but I had heard it before. But it was about Von Mead. And um, anybody my age would know him. He did the Kennedy impersonations. And he was kind of a an, an entertainer, you know, a songster, a, a stand-up comedian. He had no success whatsoever, but he could imitate President John F. Kennedy perfectly. And some other guys had an idea for an album, comedy album, and they recruited him, and he was overnight success. Set a record for sales for because, and this was on the radio all the time. Like this was a part of my teenage years, hearing the comedy record of of uh, the Kennedy family at home, and it was it was hilarious, and it was perfectly done. He became a superstar, but he had no other bags of tricks, and died a broken down alcoholic. Um, after Kennedy was shot, you know, I'm laughing, but I mean, they, they forced him to put out a second album. He didn't want to. And they said, you're contractually obliged. It didn't do quite as well, but it still sold too. And then with the Kennedy assassination, this, you know, he had nothing left and nobody wanted, you know, he was on television. He was just, he was just at the top, you know, the A-lister. And then that was the end. So a, a tragic, a sad story. <laughs> I mean, sadder for the rest of America that lost their president. But uh, he was just one of the casualties. So anyway, it was an interesting um, story. But it took me back to high school, and we were called into the gymnasium, and our principal announced the Kennedy assassination. And I guess everybody, I, I don't know how I felt like it was a news story, it was a big deal being there, 
But I do remember afterwards in the hallway with a friend, and I made a smart-ass comment, and it's still it's still with me because it was well, it was simply not nice, and and I I want to know well it tell it tells something about me at that time. I would have been fifteen years old. And I said to this friend in the hallway after the assembly, after we were all coming out and everybody's sort of solemn and so on, I uh, I remarked quietly, but to my friend, I bet you Nixon is laughing out of the other side of his face, like, ha ha. And of course, it wasn't funny. I don't know what the friend thought. And maybe I thought I was being clever because I knew who Nixon was. And uh, um, it was just it was just a cheap shot. And I think that fit in with my role of being a class clown because that's what I needed for survival. I, I was really pretty rude to most of the teachers I had. Um, it, it was it, it was poor. I mean, I don't like that self. I, I did, you know, to my credit, I remember the walk home one day by the time I got into university, walking down the street in the dark, you know, in the winter, and realizing uh, class clown, is that's not who you're at. You got to abandon that that whole persona, and and I did. I, I mean, I was just aware, like it was a really dark feeling. Is this who you are? I don't know what prompted it, but I just remember the circumstances. Walking down the street from the train, I would have got the train from Montreal. Would have been in university, and maybe I tried a, a, a cheap remark or a joke at university that didn't go over or something. But it was it was definitely me the inner voice telling me so clearly this is not who you are and you better be somebody else and uh so <laughs> gee i feel better remembering that part okay so i'm going to stop there i'm going to have one more story and this is that uh you know how very often on this podcast you hear me not being able to repair anything and just any job i take on just makes it you know that much more of a disaster including you know trying to fix the bell and ending up having to put the spare on because I bent the wire so that it just doesn't spring anymore. Um, my wife's vacuum, the, the vacuum, the Dyson vacuum that our boys kindly bought for her because I didn't, um, just stopped working. And she showed me and said, look, I keep getting this sign. And it looked like a, the um, drainage pipe under your sink. It was a U-shape and it was all black at the bottom of the U. And right away, she said, I don't know what that is. I said, oh, well, that means there's a clog somewhere. So I took the pieces apart and blew through them and tapped them and everything else. And nothing happened. And she said, you know, can you check online? And sure enough, I went online. Didn't know what model it was because she had bought it. I mean, the boys had bought it used. It was a V10, apparently. Not a new one. But anyway... Um, they had, you know, when you go to the section on uh, su- support, and they had an amazing, to their credit, this is Dyson, which are the overpriced vacuums. A replacement would cost $1,100 at sale price. Um, an amazingly well-structured case-by-case for your particular vacuum what to do, these steps. And then at the end of each step you could take, there was a yes or no. Did it solve the problem, yes or no? And, of course, I went through each step from step one. No, 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 no. And I went through about five. And finally, it gets you to the end. Okay, take off this canister. Okay, meanwhile, the thing is in pieces. I take off this canister, and I see it is thick, thick, thick with dust. It had absolutely never been cleaned. 
I mean, dust that I could, you'd picking up clumps of it, like cat hair and everything else. And I knew that had to be it. And careful instructions, you know, do not put it in a washing machine. Do not put it in a dryer. Um, put some water in it under the tap. Shake it with your hand over the top and the, the, the steps. And I did everything. And then very clearly, do not put it back in until it's dry to the touch. This is the filter you're looking at. I've cleaned the filter. And uh, so I tried before it was dry, you know. I I actually took our hair dryer, blew it a little to speed it up, and tried, and eh, it's still down. No. And I thought, oh, shit. So I looked online, and you could buy a new one. It said, did this help? And I said, no. It said, well, here's a new one, $45. And I thought, well, that can't be. It's just a filter, you know. It's not broken. So I waited a longer period of time for it to dry, put it back in, turned it on, held it on, which you're supposed to, and sure enough, it cleared, it's working, it's back as good as new or as good as used. And uh, I was just so happy. But more of that goes to, wow, what great support from Dyson for having it so well illustrated and so well put to clearly follow these steps in this order. So uh, I fixed something, and I felt very good about it. So I guess that's about it. I'm going to continue on my walk. Um, I just hope, my wife was, like I say, only a sore throat. I hope she's not any worse. Of course, she had to stay home today. I don't know about the rest of the week. Um, I will find out myself, but I'm determined to meet up with... uh, Etobicoke Joe, who I haven't seen, he's just in from Japan for a short visit, and of course the lovely Lisa and John, and uh, sadly, unfortunately, I don't think, um, well, who knows, maybe he'll join us, Barnacle Bill, Um, we'll see. All right, this is uh, Scarborough Dude, and uh, yeah, I'm uh, going to put another song in uh, at the end, I, I just, on the way walking, I heard one that was so raunchy by Ween, like it was just, man, a shouting one, and it's something that I, I love, I really need some, sometimes a screaming match type thing, uh, as a purification, you know, just get that out of here, I wasn't screaming as I walked, of course, but I was hearing it, and uh, so I may end with that, since the last one was quite beautiful, by, uh, yeah, I think the group is, it's a beautiful day, um, so, um, yeah, there we go, Scarborough dude. Trying to trying to uh, brighten your day a little with uh, some nice music. Although many of you just listen on double speed and fast forward, that's okay. That's okay. Do whatever you like to do, and uh, I'll be talking to you uh, again next week because that's what I do. Signing off for now, and uh, yeah, here's the tune. Bye bye. <laughs> There's a better world that's a-coming, tell you why, why, why. There's a better world that's a-coming, tell you why. We will feed them on the land, on the sea and in the sky. There's a better world that's a-coming, tell you why. There's a better world that's a-coming, don't you see, see, see. There's a better world that's a-coming, don't you see. 
When we'll all be union and we'll all be free, there's a better world that's a-coming, don't you see? There's a better world a-coming, and don't you know, no, no, there's a better world that's a-coming, don't you know? I'm a union man in a union war, it's a union world I'm fighting for. There's a better world that's a-coming, don't you know? There's a better world that's a-coming, there's a better world that's a-coming, there's a better world that's a-coming, I'll tell you why, 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 don't you see, 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 and don't you know, no, no, hey, 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 there's a better world that's a-coming, I'll tell you why, 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 there's a better world that's a-coming, I'll tell you why. There's a better world that's coming, tell you why, why, why. Better world that's coming, tell you why. Out of marching, out of battling, you can hear the chains are rattling. There's a better world that's coming, tell you why. Now there's a better world that's coming, and there's a better world that's coming, and there's a better world that's coming, I'll tell you why, why, why. There's a better world that's a-coming, I'll tell you why, why, why. Better world that's a-coming, I'll tell you why. We'll beat them on the land, in the sea and in the sky. There's a better world that's a-coming, I'll tell you why. Well, there's a better world that's a-coming, don't you see, see, see. Better world that's a-coming, don't you see. When we'll all be union and we'll all be free, there's a better world a-coming, don't you see. There's a better world that's coming, don't you see, see, see? Better world that's coming, don't you see? When we'll all be union and we'll all be free, there's a better world that's coming, don't you see?